Hey, John. Yeah. Is your butt ready? Yeah, I'm in a chair. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, Hello, Harris, Hal, and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Stargate Pioneer. And I'm Stephen Jondrew. And we're from Better Podcasting, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two... Hey, John, is... is is my butt ready? Is your butt ready to podcast? It is. Super ready. I've been working I've been working it out. Which speaking of working out, so it's the it's the start of the year, right? Tell me your stupid anecdote about sports, which no sports one Sports ball. So what I was gonna say was it's the start of the year. There's a stereotype of gyms at the start of the year where people make a resolution to themselves that they're going to like go to the gym more. And then those people that have normally gone to the gym that are, you know, normal gym attendees, um, they'll, they'll go to the gym in the morning like they normally would, like I normally would. And there will suddenly be a flood of people there that make it very difficult to be at the gym. Right. That's like a standard, it's kind of a standard joke that gets made. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so, so that happened at my gym only instead of being what I thought was going to happen, which was, I would I assumed there'd kind of be a, a mix of people, maybe some people that looked like they were out of shape, that were trying to get into shape, that kind of thing. That's what I kind of assumed I was going to get at the start of the year. It's not what I got mm-hmm. at my gym. What I got at my gym were about 20, 30 to 35-year-old dudes that all, like, they, they all kind of look like they're roided out a little bit and they're all just like grunting and screaming at 5.30 in the morning doing like power reps of exercises. And it is one of the most hilarious and distracting things that I've ever been around. It's, it's, really, it's really fantastic. It really is. So now when I go to the gym in the morning, it's one more and it's, it is 45 minutes to an hour straight of me being there of just that and it's aw- it's awesome it's it's pretty funny it's pretty good i just started going back to the gym as well was it for and a new I, year's yeah, resolution I'm, I'm, no it wasn't i just i'm fat and disgusting and out of shape and hate my life and body i was so gonna say to... something to you about that today but you know you've already you've said it for me now so thank you yeah but i know what i you know i've wondered actually because i you know i'm looking around and there's a lot of good looking people at the gym of both genders or non-genders or whatever um and i almost wonder how many people just are going to the gym to pick people up because like it is a a it is ripe as a meat market in january see i i was always under the impression and I've, i've read this in a variety of articles or whatever that like nobody's actually going to the gym to pick up people because most people i think people go to the gym or at least according to these articles people go to the gym because they are concentrating on themselves they're working out themselves and like i don't know how you are at the gym but i've i like have my headphones in i'm listening to podcasts or i'm listening to music and a, a lot of times i'll like look around and be able to i will see the people that are there but 
it doesn't go beyond glances usually, right? And just like having something to look at while you're doing something that's miserable. If you've ever been doing any exercise near or behind an attractive girl doing squats, oh no, that's fantastic. I think you would, oh no, that's you would absolutely change. Sure, sure, your... that's fantastic. But like in my mind, I'm I'm thinking she's not doing squats. She's doing squats so she can show off her butt later. She's not doing squats so she can show off her butt to me, the creepy dude standing behind her three inches away. I got kicked out of that gym. That's why I had to join a different one. I think the three inches was the problem. She said I was breathing on her neck. Well, that could have been the problem, too. I See, if you had been patient, then you could have given her three inches later. hi It wasn't her neck. So, on this episode of Game Life Balance US, we are continuing our reviews of every SNES classic game, and Twitter, can, as usual, nominated can I, things can I, for us can to I play. Can I talk about how... Has this gone at all how you were anticipating this going, in terms of the, the first couple of games that we've played? No. Me either. Like, the, the, the games, the spread that we have played, and the specific games that are on this console are not at all what I expected people to nominate and want us to play. And there are games that I would assume would have come up at least a single time that, you know, we just didn't luck into when we rolled our dice that have never even been nominated. It's crazy. Yeah. No one, no one has mentioned any of the Kirby games, which Kirby's or I mean, dream course. I don't think that was the most popular game. So I can understand why that may not have hit it, but like Kirby superstar was an incredibly popular game. Neither Mario world until this week has been nominated. That is super weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. We, people are weird. That's cool though. I, and I'm shocked that anyone wanted to see us play Contra three because yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Good God. In fact, I think we're getting into that right now. I think we're getting into it. So a little bit of background that I did actually prepare in writing this time. Contra 3, The Alien Wars. It is not Super Contra 3, which is good. Again, them calling it Super Castlevania 4 was incredibly stupid because it was the only Super Castlevania game. It should have just been Castlevania 4. I'm over it. What if they they were going to make a bunch more? You don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. You don't know. Contra 3, The Alien Wars... It was a 1992 run-and-gun video game for the Super Nintendo. It was developed and published by Konami, who also brought us the phenomenal Super Nintendo game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Also, Did you ever play also that? Also, Super Castlevania 4. I guess Konami also did Super yeah. Castlevania 4, but I owned oh, Tur- Turtles Turtles 4. in Time was, was phenomenal. That game was amazing. That actually is one of two or three games that I think really would have perfected the SNES Classic Mini. I'm sure but there's license. I'm sure also, there's licensing issues with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? There's got to be. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But also notice that Konami did not call it Super Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Four Turtles in Time because that again would have been, that stupid. Have been a stupid name. So I don't know. I don't know why they did this correctly with Contra Three and with Turtles, but they couldn't do it with with. Castlevania, but that's fine. Anyway, this is the third console iteration of the Contra series, hence Contra mm-hmm. 3, following the original Contra, which was from 1987, and Super C, which was a 1988 game for the Nintendo. So they did a couple years in a row, then took a few years off. Then we got Contra through the Alien Wars. <clears throat> and as far as my history with Contra 3 goes, I have none. I had never played the game before this review. How Me about either. You? Nope, I had never. And in fact, I had... I was like trying to think back to this and I never owned a Contra game. I don't think I knew anybody that owned Contra games. So I, 
I knew of them and I had played them probably either through emulation or maybe like at um, just like ran, randomly at like an arcade because I believe there was an arcade version of Contra. So that may have been mm-hmm. where I where I played it, but I don't think I ever played maybe the home console version of any of the Contra games. So this was like my first time. I knew how they worked, but I did not know what I was getting myself into. Well, I owned the original Contra and played it a lot. And the Konami code I've had memorized since I was seven, you know, in, in the original Contra. The Konami code is, of course, a button combination you enter into Konami games famously, especially the original Contra, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, or BA select start if you want to play two-player mode. And you play that at the title, you put that in at the title screen, it gives you 30 lives as opposed to the three that you would start the game with by default. And now that's in, thus making the, game. that's in the original Contra. The Konami code then branched out into basically all of Konami's games after that. So they put that code in a ton of different games after that. And then branched out into mainstream popular culture. Sure. If you go to certain websites and enter that code, in, including, I think, Google. I mean, I have it, I have it tattooed kind of right above my butt crack. Right. It's, that's called a, a Konami tramp stamp. It's a Konami stamp. tramp stamp that I've got. You've yeah. seen it. You were there. I don't. I drank that away. So the Konami code has, has made its way into popular culture. In fact, I was playing a real escape game. Uh, an escape room in Chicago, and there was there was some complicated puzzle, and in the bottom it just said "or the Konami code." And I went over to something and I entered it, and it just opened it. And I was doing a Brian Noonan from WGN, and he just looks over. He's like, "How'd you figure that out?" I was like, "It's the Konami no. code. Who doesn't know the Konami and, code?" And, and that's and where c- you made a mistake, in which you should have said, "It's easy." <laughs> what? And then, like, just you know, obviously, you should have just played it off like you solved this grand puzzle. You screwed yeah, that. But up. instead, I. I earned relentless, uh, relentless. Um, what's it called when you make fun of somebody? It doesn't matter. Ridi- ridicule, so, probably is the word. You're- ridicule, yeah. sure. All right. Here's the thing with Contra. The original Contra it moves at a reasonable pace, and I think that this entire conversation we're about to have is all going to be about difficulty in video games. Is it not? I think that that is going to be a large part of it, for sure. There's for sure. I mean, what else is what else is there to talk about with this game? Oh, I think there's. I mean, so difficulty is a big part of it, but there's a lot I think that the game does well too. I, I, I assume we're going to talk about the difficulty in a bad way, but I think that there's a lot of really good stuff in the game too. Um, I I just think that it is it is overshadowed. I think you're going to be surprised with my reaction to this game because I actually think that in many ways this is a quite good game. Yeah. But it's that comes with a huge asterisk, and I don't think that it's a good game in the way that you and I look for good games, if that makes sense. We'll we'll see if that makes sense. So, um, to to the listener at home, it's a it's a side scrolling game. Cody says run and gun, meaning you can literally run and shoot at the same time. So you can be dodging and shooting at the same time. It's kind of a bullet hell game in that there's 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 a lot of stuff happening on the screen. There's not necessarily a lot of things shooting at you, but there's a lot of visual noise and almost all of it is deadly. So mm-hmm. almost all of it, if it touches your character, is an immediate death. You can have anywhere from four to eight lives in a in a continue. 
and then you are given a number of continues. There are easy, medium, and hard difficulties. Once you are out of lives, you start back at a checkpoint if you use one of your continues. Once you're out of continues, you have a game over. Interesting mechanic of the game, when you die, you respawn immediately where you are at. So that is that is unusual, I think, especially for this time in games. Most of the time it most of the time in side scrollers it is if you die you are sent back to a checkpoint or the start of the level and you try to get through it again. This is how Contra worked as well. Okay, so maybe Contra I think Contra was kind of unique in that then. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of it it kind of encourages maybe not encourages, but it, it doesn't punish you in the sense if you die, in the sense that you have to retread a bunch of progress. Because your progress is saved from life to life because you just respawn in the exact same spot. But it does it yeah. does cause some pretty awful death loops in certain parts of the game. Because you will die, you will respawn most likely without any power-ups, which will then cause you to immediately die again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to assume that our many of the people in our audience are more familiar with the original Contra. And mechanically, it works the exact sure. same way. You, in terms of even just like running and jumping and the fact that anytime you get hit, you die. And like John said, you respawn immediately. The power-ups float by on little spaceships. That's from the original. You shoot them to pop open a power-up. The power-ups are the same as the original. You've got S for the spread gun or the spread shot, which spreads a bunch of bullets across the screen. You've got L for the laser. You've got F for like a blowtorch kind of fire thing. That, that's a little... I'm thinking flamethrower. Is probably what that F is, yeah. F for blowtorch, that's what I said. F for blowtorch, that's what I got out of that. The only difference is that in this game you also have bombs. And homing missiles. Oh, homing missiles is another weapon that wasn't in the original. But in this game, in addition to the... Well, first of all, there's there's two components. In the original game, when you picked up a power-up, that was then your weapon. In this game, you are actually able to hit the X button, and that switches to your second gun. So if you have a spread shot and you hit X to switch to your second gun and you pick up a laser shot, then you can hit X again to switch between the spread shot and the laser gun. Not being familiar with this, I never once used that feature. Did you? I did. Okay. Well, that's, It didn't you know, matter. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can Ulti- even survive... Ultimate, yeah, ultimately it doesn't matter. So... Um, yeah, but but in addition to the two weapons, you also have bombs. If you hit the A button, it destroys everything. Well, it kills many of the enemies sure. on the screen, and uh, that's kind of nice. And you can pick up extra bombs, but each life comes stock with one bomb. So you, you do have more firepower in this game, but the big difference is the perspective and the 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 ratio of character to screen. In the original Contra, the screen was maybe 10 or 11 people long you know your little contra warrior running around in this game in contra 3 it's maybe six guys long so, maybe so you seven. have much less time to react to so things. you have way less reaction time and all, all the characters are larger your guy is larger the bullets are larger. and i'm sure a lot of that was that konami was trying to i mean they simply had more technical power with which to work right because they're working on the super nintendo now and the game looks great the sprites, mm-hmm. the sprite work is fantastic. I mean, the visual style, all of the artwork totally holds up. And so I'm sure that they, when they were making it, they were just trying to show that off, is what I'm thinking. And so to do that, you've got these big, beautiful sprites, right? Some of the bosses are huge, and they're, they, they're animated beautifully and everything. But all that ends up doing is, is having half of your screen then taken up by 
stuff that can kill you, mm-hmm. giving you very little room with which to work and kind of dodge stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And they use they utilize Mode 7, which is a Super Nintendo feature that allowed some advanced graphics capabilities for some three-dimensional elements. And they utilize it really well. The It's the second level, and I think the fifth or sixth level is kind of a top-down, and you use L and R to turn which direction you're facing. And it's... It's super weird the first time that you do it. And then once you kind of get the hang of it, it's actually pretty clever. It works surprisingly well. Yeah. And it's pretty fun. And the reason I think it's fun is because they scale down the difficulty a ton in those levels. Like, yes. I I mean, if you're playing one player, you just don't die. Like, I, I didn't die, I think, a single time in either level, maybe once on the second one. But they scale it way down, so it's a lot more manageable. And the graphically, it's really smooth. There's no lag, even if there's a bunch of enemies on the screen, or at least very little. S- I disagree with that in the second one. So in the second in the second top-down level, there are these whirlpools of sand. Oh, right. Yeah. And if you get in one of those, it spins your screen for you. And not only does it slow down the game, but it also makes me feel like I want to puke. There are many reviews that this, this. describe those levels as seizure-inducing. So it's not for me. It wasn't seizure inducing. It was just. It was just. It literally made me sick to my stomach trying to fight that boss and like dodging around and getting in those whirlpools that just spins your entire screen around in a circle. Yeah. So that's cool. But I'm sure that I'm sure that at the time and right now, like now playing that now is for me was pretty awful. I'm sure at the time that was incredible. <laughs> I'm sure that looked. I'm sure that looked amazing that particular that particular part of the game did not hold up for me yeah with the 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 title screen is literally an alien ship destroying a city and the two lines of dialogue in the entire game are something like we need to get revenge followed by let's attack aggressively that's all the dialogue very japanese sounds very japanese the most violent i mean literally the premise is earth has basically been blown up and you're going to go kill a bunch of aliens. And then it yep. says Contra 3 The Alien Wars in size 188 font that comes across the screen. I mean, it, it, it can't be bigger. It's like they just, it's somebody was just like, what's the biggest font? Let's scroll that yep. across the screen. It's dumb. It's it's a dumb premise. It's it's very like, it's like a non-parody version of Broforce. Right? Yeah. It is. It is a late 80s early 90s action flick come to life it's commando you're like you're playing an art you're playing an arnold schwarzenegger game Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing yeah so in that regard they set the scene as basically you're in a post-apocalyptic environment and you want to get revenge on aliens and they are oppressive and the environment and the backgrounds make it make you feel you feel like you're in hell basically the The entire well i I mean eventually you get there spoiler alert (laughs) i mean you basically feel like you're in hell the entire game. You're fighting more and more monstrous, demonic things. And it's just, everything is really violent. And I mean, it's not like bloody or anything, but yeah, I I think the art direction is really fantastic. And, and you do feel, I think that by zooming in, in addition to being able to see the sprites better, it adds, you know, a feeling of being constricted. If they zoomed out and gave you three seconds to respond to a bullet coming across the screen, as opposed to, I don't know, 0.7 0.7 seconds, then, you know, you wouldn't feel as... The pace wouldn't be as fast. And I, I think that they accomplished that really well. But then, 
and then I, th- I think that's about all you need to cover until you get to the, the elephant in the room. Then that begs the question, is it too hard, John? So the problem for me is actually I, dis- I disagree with you that that perspective works. I think it needs to be pulled out a little more. And, and, the, and the reason, I'll give you like one example um, with one of the levels that, I, and it wasn't a specific, the whole level didn't, didn't make me struggle, but like this one part that felt unfair to this one level, and I'm sure we could point to a number of these. But there's an auto-scrolling level. And another thing Cody didn't mention is that the diversity of the level, of the level design feels really good. They've got these top-down levels that we were talking about. They've got your standard scrolling levels where you control the action. They've got auto-scrolling levels, which also works pretty well but in the i think it's the first auto scrolling level you're on these like bike things and at one point you kind of go along this you basically go along like the bottom of a star destroyer is what it looks like a super long ship with a bunch of guns that are firing down at you right Mm -hmm. and you can fire up at these at these different turrets and the different uh like laser guns and stuff that are up on top and you can blow them up so that they don't even fire bullets at you if they do fire bullets at you you can dodge them generally but if, if you don't want to even bother dodging them, you can fire up at them and destroy the turrets. But then there's this one part on this stupid ship. It's like this alien ball-looking tail thing that just, like, spirals around out of control, right? It, and it, like, curls back into itself on top of the ship, and then it extends itself out again. If you touch any part of it, you're dead. And you can destroy it because I did it a single time. But they also make you think that you can go under it and kind of and kind of avoid it and not even have to fire at it. I literally could not pass that particular part of that ship without dying. Not I probably not a oh, that single time that I I think I accidentally blew it up with something. I don't know. I could not get past that. And if like the idea is that you you have to use a bomb to get past that, which maybe you do. I don't know. Like that's that to me is really crappy, because that's a finite resource that you have. Mm-hmm. So there were it and that particular part to me is um, illustrative of my core problem is that a lot of times the game feels unfair, and like unfair in a way where if I die, it it doesn't feel like my fault. It feels like the game's fault. And that is, the, that is a frustrating thing to me. That's the thing you don't when like. Because you do like hard games like Dark Souls, but you've explained I do. very clearly that when you die, it's your fault in games like that. Yeah, and, so, and I really like being able to say and being able to point to something and be like, well, that was on me. And, this is, and I know that I did this wrong. And I know if I execute it this way, I'll, I'll get it right. Right? And I'll... I'll complete this part and maybe it'll take me a couple of times to do that but I generally I know what I need to do I could not figure out what I needed to do in that part to get past that stupid tail thing without dying I could not figure it out I probably I probably so you and I I'm sure played this had to had to play through these levels a lot well right did you I use, probably did you use the rewind feature no oh <laughs> i did so no i take that back i did in the sense that i allowed myself to rewind i've been trying not to use it just to kind of get a kind of a classic experience right i have i did use it for continues so i would go to a continue and then i would 
I would rewind, I would save that state. And then I would move on from there. And if I didn't get far enough, I would just go back to that point of continuum. Okay. See, I would get killed in a way that wasn't my fault and then immediately rewind it to the last <laughs> sure. screen where I was alive. I would literally oh my gosh, two to three screens and just save a state. So if I was so tempted to do that, though, I was very tempted to do that because there were so many parts that were so frustrating. So, and here's the thing. So if you're not familiar, if you hit the reset button on the physical SNES Classic Mini, then wherever you hit reset, you can hold the Y button to save that state. You can save up to four slots per game. So in Contra 3, like if I beat the first level without dying, I can just reset the game, save that, and then anytime I want, forever, I can go back and just start at the start of the second level in that save state. I used this aggressively. I attacked the reset button aggressively. I abused it. I would literally clear three to four screens and then just save a state because I just didn't want to deal with the difficulty of the game. And here's the interesting thing. When I didn't do that, I hated this game, and I just felt like this is stupid. I mean, I, I, there, were, there were a couple runs I didn't beat the first level with seven lives. Did you have that happen at all? The very first time. Yeah. It never happened again after the first time, but the very first time, and it wasn't even, I don't even think I hit the first mini-boss. <laughs> like, I don't even think, the first time that I, that I lost all my lives, I don't even think I hit the first mini-boss, and it was the first time I played it, and I thought to myself immediately, my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Right. It, it's right. it's that brutally hard, and I played it on yeah. two-player mode, which we're going to get to in a minute, because, sure. oh my God, you don't even know it's coming. Um, we played on two-player mode, and it was the same thing. We, we actually couldn't beat the first level, like, legit, until we started using the, the save state. Here's the weird... And that's with two people. Yeah, with two people. Here's the weird thing, is that once I started using that reset state, I actually had a lot more fun with the game, and... There is something satisfying, even if you're, you're kind of quote-unquote cheating, even if you're only beating, let's say, a boss at a time, trying not to lose more than two or three lives, there's something satisfying about the difficulty. Because as in any video game, when you beat something hard, you feel really good about it. The thing about this game is, though, the difficulty is so excessive and so egregious that without this feature, I can't imagine it being fun. But at the same time, like by abusing this feature of the system, it is actually more fun and, and pretty playable. But there are people who love stuff like this. There are people that love memorizing the routes of everything and being fast twitch players and like they're bullet hell people, right? Who probably love the hell out of this game. But like I'm not that person and neither are you, I don't think. So I think there's lots of different ways to enjoy this game. And I think that in essence, in a way, it's a very good game. But I think it's not for me, and I think it's not for you. And in its original form, I can't imagine dropping $60 on this game new back in the 90s. And, I mean, if I were a kid, I'd have enough free time to play it. But you know what I mean? Like, how much and I value? Think that's the, I think that's the point. The game asks an incredible amount of you. And it, it also asks you to have an incredible amount of patience. And a willingness to put up with some kind of Mm-hmm. And like you just like you just kind of, if you are willing to do those things, then the game because because one of the things that we haven't really talked about is the game is it plays super well. It is incredibly responsive. Your character does generally exactly what you want them to do. So it's not your control of your character that is to me that was ever frustrating. 
I never felt like I, I missed a jump or anything like that. That was never the problem with this game. What feels unfair to me about this game are enemy movements, um, like enemy projectiles, sometimes where they shoot, just sometimes the way that enemies charge at you, like the way that certain enemies will, will charge at you. That's the kind of stuff that is unfair in this game. But your your actual control over the game and how responsive the shooting is and everything, I think is awesome. Yeah, phenomenal. It, it feels really, really good. Far better than Castlevania. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and we talked about that when we, when we talked about Castlevania. That I, I really think that a lot of that game was intentional in terms of how it controlled. I think it, it was trying to be a slow platformer which was something that didn't really exist. No, but the staircase mechanics didn't work at all. Those did not. I agree with you. That was not good. But in Super but C, in or tr- in, in Contra 3, you jump and you grab railings at certain points. Yep. That never failed for me. I had never had a problem. No, you don't even have to, you don't even have to press a button. It just is, it's an automatic grapple on whatever you're jumping onto. Yeah. So, if you can yeah. grab it, you grab it automatically. It's, like, it's, it's great. The game really does control great. That's, that's not the problem. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is just that it is, it, that the difficulty and for me i have not been more frustrated with a game in a really long time it's been a long time it really kind of brought me back actually to my childhood and playing games like this where you didn't have like a reset feature yeah because i was sitting there were there were times and i know you know this feeling where you make a bunch of progress and you you execute kind of like spectacularly and maybe you get to the end of a level or something and you eventually die and you need to continue and you lose a bunch of progress and then you cannot replicate that success and you die like four or five times getting up to the part that you did in a single life just previously and that just ends up frustrating you more just puts me more on tilt when I'm playing the game I die even more in parts that I wasn't dying at before and then I have to put I literally have to put the game down and go to Super Mario RPG for a couple of minutes and play that for a little while and then try to go back to Contra. I did that multiple times because of how frustrated I got with this game. It requires it requires like a, a perfect amount of execution. Yeah. In, in a in a way that is in a way that I do not find fun. Yeah. It requires a lot of repetition, trial by error, because there's no other I mean you can't you cannot on a first no, or no. second playthrough beat this game. For sure. You, period. It's impossible. Uh, I mean, if you've seen it happen, yeah, because you have no idea the patterns. You have no idea the patterns of things that are going to be coming at you at all. And you don't. There even, were plenty yeah. of times where I would start a level and just um, be like, go like, well, what's what's going to screw me over this time, right? And then like you get to the like when you get to that the first alien level, it's like stage six. You get to the boss and like it's shooting out Medusa looking head things, and then they home in on you, and you're like, what? What? What is this? This is garbage, right? And it's just, oh my gosh, that game, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. you can't do it on your first try. Yeah, no. And there was a there's a point in the first level you don't know what you don't even know what's gonna hit you. Like you said, with you just you can't avoid things in the first level. There's a bunch of fire animations, and apparently they all kill you, even though they look they do. like just animations. So it's not always clear what's gonna hit you. So you just kind of have to assume everything that moves is going to kill you, which is generally true. But uh, I don't know. Uh, so there's there's some weakness there. So one of my favorite things about the original Contra was playing through with two players. When I had the of, of you know getting thirty lives and Konami coding and you know beating the game, right? So I yeah. started to play this game with Russian John, who's been on the podcast before. He had many things to say. We streamed this on Twitch. So I want I want to I want to before you begin, I just want to let you know 
you started at the start of your stream. You were like, hey, we've got a viewer. That viewer was me. So I was actually watching you play the game. But then I, I thought I made a comment later to you about the bullets, and you said something. You said some. Like, did you see that you literally can't see bullets? More. Imp- I did. I saw. So I saw the first like thirty to forty-five minutes of your stream. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, all right then. Well, then I guess this won't be a big um, surprise for you. It's not gonna be a big surprise to me, but the 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 listener needs to know. Yeah. What happened? All right. So, listener, if you're watching this on YouTube. I am sharing my screen. I'm not sure if you can see it. Can you see it? I can see you it. You can? I can. That's so weird. Yep. Oh, it's only it's only playing in my uh in my Windows Media Player window. Why is the Konami screen playing again? I'll I'll okay. So um So your media player screen is not playing, right? My what? The media player screen is just blank. Oh, it's not playing any video. Okay. Um then I right. need to figure out how to do this. Um oh you know what? Maybe it's like Maybe I have to share something else. Hang on, sorry. We don't do this usually. Uh, this, this whole screen share thing. So, I. No, I. Well, I this is this is a surprise. Okay, to I me. guess I'll just share the my entire screen. That's fine. Which looks like garbage, but that's fine. All right, now can you see my video? Yep. All right, cool. Yep. So I'll hit play, and hopefully you can see this. Do you see stage one on the screen? I okay. can. Yep. So what you're seeing is stage one of of Contra. Look at the blue player. He is shooting. You can see his gun recoiling, and no bullets are coming out. Literally, no bullets are coming out. Right. So, so basically, what was going on when I was watching you do this, from what I could tell, was that there was just it was one of those moments of of Super Nintendo gameplay where there was just too much happening on the screen, and it couldn't. It, it couldn't display all of it, right? Isn't that kind of what was going on? I mean, I guess, but in a fast-paced run-and-gun shooting game, if yeah. you literally can't see the bullets of one player, that makes it, and I don't use this term, I mean, I'm not actually using this ironically, it makes it literally unplayable. It honestly does. Yeah, I, I, you probably need that I visual mean, can, feedback. Can you, like, I agree. Can you imagine... Playing this game with explosions and bullets flying everywhere and not being able to see what you're shooting? Yeah, that sounds it's, challenging. It's, it, sounds like, it, it sounds like you just need to get yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's un, unreal to me. So anyway, I've, I've stopped sharing. But I encourage you to check out, um, if you follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash gamelifebalance. We share it with the Australians, so it's just Game Life Balance. Not U.S. or Australia. Um, Twitch.tv slash Game Life Balance. I also recommend subscribing. Every Saturday or so, I stream the first hour of every game on the SNES Classic Mini with my now wife to kind of show her a little bit of nostalgia. And in this case, we invited Russian John to provide some additional commentary. And it's usually pretty fun, and there's some fun little um, little commentary. But but yeah, we we like. I mean, we got a couple game overs, and then we just quit. And then we played Twenty XX, which is a really really fun roguelike on Steam that we've been playing a bunch. Um, Two player co op, play it all the time. We love it. But yeah, no sure. this. So so yeah, like. I, I can't reconcile this. I, I can't. How did Konami let this I, happen? I, well, I. But there was a there was a larger patience, right? Because there was a there was an arcade culture that that lived on this type of thing. It lived on qu- kind of a a quarter eating mechanics. That was a thing, right? The games needed to take 
quarters. And it was a, even though home console games did not require you to continually feed a machine money, the the mechanics and the the culture around gaming was still such that it was created with that in mind. So that that is why games like this exist. No, I get that difficulty wise. It's just, but to not be able to see what you're doing. Oh, I we're still referring to that. I I don't have an answer for that. That seems like a bad problem. That seems problem. like a really bad problem. Like Do you happen to know if that is exclusive to the SNES Classic? I don't know. I don't actually know. And and we tried okay. a couple different latency features um, that didn't sure. seem to matter. And I, I, because remember, this is technically an emulator, mm-hmm. right? It's te- it's technically an emulator that that Nintendo is using. So it could be a problem with whatever emulation software that they've created. And that's true. And if it is, then this. Then what did you? Why did you even port it, Nintendo? If you can't even play two player, that's dumb. I will agree with you. John even said on the stream at one point, I think that this is a coin op kind of game. This is he said he said this For feels sure. like the kind of game that is just designed to eat your quarters. But the problem is. You only have a finite number of lives and continues. If this was meant to eat your quarters, then like give me unlimited continues, okay? That's the way you do it. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm with so, you. So that that was, I mean, that, that's a major problem. But anyway, I don't have anything else to say about this game. I I do think the conversation around difficulty is is interesting because some people do I like this type of difficulty, but we don't. I would even go so far as to say you should play the game. Right. If you have an SNES Classic, I don't think you should shy away from it. I think you should explore it a little bit. It's a really fun game. It just it requires it's going to require an incredible amount of patience. And we're going to get to Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And that game doesn't play nearly as well as this game. So that is going to be an even bigger an even bigger challenge. And like get it. I don't even know. After playing this and working as hard as I did to get to the end of this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to the end of, of Super Ghouls You've and Ghosts. You've beaten it, haven't you? And I think I might... When I, w- when I was younger, I, not, I can't... I don't know. Like, I don't think I have those abilities that I did anymore. Nor do I have the time, nor do I think I have the patience anymore to just deal with it. Maybe I'll... Maybe I'll... Uh, I'll use the the rewind feature and I'll use that a little more aggressively for for Super Girls and Ghosts. Maybe I'll have a better time with it. But I just I know what we're getting into with that because that game I did own. That game I did play a lot. And I imagine Nintendo implemented the rewind feature for people like us who do enjoy the games of our childhood and we want to experience them, but in a way that makes it more is enjoyable. Accessible. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I just don't like I just don't like doing the same thing. Like if I if I have to do a really really hard part of a game and this is the way games were and I I understand that. But if if at this point in my life now, if I have to do a really really hard part of a game like in Dark Souls when you're the bosses, right? Oh, let's just talk about Dark Souls for a second. The bosses in Dark Souls are incredibly difficult. They really are. They are the by far the most difficult portions of those games in almost all cases. You only have to kill them once. Now, it may take an incredible number of attempts, but you only have to kill them once. But with this, with Contra, you may be able to get through a part that has just been troubling you over and over and over again. And you may finally get through it. But if you're not using this rewind feature, you may just die five minutes later, have to continue and just have to do that part all over again. And having to repeat those, having to repeat the same frustrating things over and over again, I think is something that video games just don't make you do anymore because they, 
we've we've gotten past that. We have learned more. Games are designed better than that now. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. Are you ready for some Contra 3 trivia? I would love some Contra 3 trivia. All right. Bimmy and Jimmy is the first answer. How did answer. you know? How did you know that's what I was going to ask? So this game does not utilize the Konami code at all, but instead you enter button sequences from the Street Fighter series where they execute staple, uh, staple special moves of characters Ken and Ryu, which is kind of interesting because Street Fighter was a Capcom series, not Konami. However, only one version of Contra 3 allows you to use a 30 lives cheat, a stage select secret code, a sound test code, and infinite continues. Which version is it? The North American version, the PAL version, or the Japanese version? I'm going to guess the PAL version. It's, I knew you would guess that, and it's actually the Japanese version. In fact, the Japanese, huh. which is odd because the Japanese had to dumb down the difficulty of Final Fantasy IV before they ported it to the U.S. Right. So the Japanese aren't known for shying away from difficulty. But no. their version of Contra 3, not only can you do those cheats, but you by default have infinite continues in the Japanese version. Maybe their version of Contra 3 was even harder than the version yeah. that we got. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, did you play this game on easy, normal, I played or that on easy. Okay, I did too. I haven't even looked at it on hard, but can can you imagine it on hard? Because the difficulty actually increases. I did. I started Same. it on normal, but the difficulty increases and decreases the amount of stuff that is like getting fired at you in this game. So I can't even imagine it on hard. You know, there's an extra final boss on hard as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Hopefully, that wasn't a piece of trivia that no. you just ruined. Second piece of trivia. There's only three questions. The Japanese cover art for the Super Nintendo version of Contra 3, which in Japan was called Contra Spirits. Random anecdote. The Japanese cover art for the Super Nintendo version was based on the poster for what 1986 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, okay. 86. I'm going to say Predator. No. Uh, Predator must have been later than that. Um... Give me one more chance. He was in lots of movies. Maybe Predator was that year as well. I don't know. We'll say Commando. No, it was a movie called Raw Deal. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen Raw Deal, but he was in 8,000 movies. So. Predator was 1987, by the way, so you were close. Oh, man. And Predator makes sense because the Predator is an alien. That does, it does make so, sense. So, like, Predator, Predator makes, that's why I guessed it. It's, All right. Whatever. And here's one more. Which of the following consoles did not see a port of Contra 3? Game, there's multiple choice. Four options. Which did not see a port of Contra 3. Game Boy? SNES Classic. Not done. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Virtual Console, or Nintendo Switch? It, it's got to be Nintendo Switch. You're right. They don't have like a virtual console yet. So it has to wow. be. <laughs> yeah, I gave that away. Damn. I thought I, thought I was going to trick you. It was ported to Game Boy, believe it or not. I can believe and actually, that. actually... They did some... Yeah. They did. They did some. Um, they Game Boy tried to do some kind of really progressive and like out, far beyond the scope of what that system could do. They tried to do that with with some games, and it worked rarely. Game Boy was a bad system, but it sometimes it did work. Yeah. But anyway, sweet. So uh, that was good yeah, trivia. Good trivia. So we'll do a little bit of uh, brief. Uh, game slash life catch up and then we will draw the next game that we will review which by the way the options uh this week um little teaser are going to be super metroid super punch out um donkey kong country 
or uh, F-Zero or Yoshi's Island. So we have five options that were nominated this week. Our good friend. I can see myself I can see myself completing all of those games, but possibly F-Zero. Yeah, same. Same. Um, but whatever. Uh, so anyway, yeah, over to, to, uh, to Life Stuff. So um, real quick, I want to mention, have you played the Jackbox Party Pack? I've, I have. It is a cool thing. It's great. Ryan brought it yeah, it's to New really, Year's. It is a really cool thing for people that don't play video games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, like, the Wii had lots of these, like, trash party games that no one really played, right? Kind of shovelware. But on the Switch, and actually it, there's versions on PS4 and Xbox, there's a bunch of different versions. It's a game called Jackbox Party Pack. And what you do is you connect your console to the internet, and it sends you a download code to the system and it says, okay, like everyone take out your phone, go to this URL and then enter the code on the screen. And then everyone's entered this game and you do things like answer trivia questions on your phone or draw pictures of like things or like a Pictionary kind of stuff, but you use your phone for it. And since everybody has a smartphone these days, you can play with like up to seven or eight people. You don't need a lot of controllers. Ryan just brought over a switch and hooked up to the internet and it was, that was it. So super easy, and it was really fun, and we played with guys and girls and gamers and non-gamers, and everybody had a really good time. There's some really fun mini-games, so highly recommend. The PC, the PC versions of those games, I want to say can support like 20 people or something wow. like that. Which is pretty, which is pretty cool, and like you said, everybody's got a smartphone, so it works really yeah. well. Yeah, we played with eight or nine, eight or ten people, I think, and it was it was great. And we played Jackbox Party Pack number four, but there's several, and I might get one for the Switch because the nice thing about the Switch is it's so portable. You know, it's like packing a board game to bring to a friend's. You just hook mm-hmm. up to the internet and you're good to go. So the hardest, the the thing that stinks about the part the Jackbox Party Pack are that they. There's not like a singular game that then changes up questions over the course of a period of time. They've got specific packs that repeat. So Party Pack 1 is always going to be the same questions. Party Pack 2 always going to be the same questions. And I mean, I understand that's how they have to make their money, right? Because you have to buy individual packs. Like on the PC version, you buy individual packs. I don't know the exact price. I don't know if it's from 2 to $5, something like that. And they've got 40 to 50 of them now. Maybe even more than that at this point. But... You, there's not an infinite number of questions that they are constantly updating. Mm. They'll drop a new party pack and then you have to yeah. buy it to get a new set of questions and new set of games. Mm. Well, still worth at least. It's just the bu- it's yeah, it's the business model that they have chosen, and it it makes sense. Um, it just if you have played Party Pack Two, you you'll never be able to play that again without having repeats. For stuff. sure. Um, and then I guess um, I'm I know we both want to talk about AGDQ, but in terms of other. Lo- was that I've started going back to the gym and that the Curiosity Podcast is going to be releasing new episodes again soon, which is the podcast I do for my job to make money and get paid and have income. So um, please check that out when it comes back, but I'll, I'll, I'll plug that again later this month. But um, And you have real guests on that. You've got people that are way more important and more knowledgeable about many things yeah, than I am. sometimes. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's it. And I'm trying to get in shape because I'm disgusting and hate my body. Uh, anything big and new with you before we dive into AGDQ? That rhymed. Mm, nothing except that the preliminary planning for MartinCon has started, which you will hear about, the listener will hear about a lot over the next couple of months, I hope, 
because I'm very excited about it. I, it's when we all get together, all of us f- friends get together at where I'm at uh, up in Minnesota. And I, I literally was anticipating and wanting to send that email at like the start of <laughs> December. But I knew that it was just too, it was just too soon to, but I was just so excited to be thinking about it again. And I, January 1st feels like an appropriate time. I think I sent it on like the third, sent an email out to everybody um, to kind of mark it on the calendar. But it's just, it's, I, I have always have one of the best times of my year. No, it's phenomenal. That weekend. I'm really so excited. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really excited um, about it. Yeah, that. me too. We should are there any good co-op Super Nintendo games that we could play for the podcast? Mm, Super Nintendo. Oh my god, no what are you games. talking about? Dude, it would be a complete throwback. You have to know the game I'm talking about. We could we could do Secret no, 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 of Mana too long. together. That's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the game on the SNES that I only played with you that we beat co-op. On my little like mini couch in in the playroom back when we had the room split up, and you brought it over, or it was a rental or something, and we played it for like fourteen hours straight or whatever, and it was like the best thing ever. What was it? I'm trying to think. It was like the only multiplayer game I played the whole thing through with you, and it was super fun. Uh, I'm drawing a Kirby blank. Superstar. Oh geez, we should totally do that. We should absolutely do that. That could be our game. Yeah, that's, so that's going to be off limits. My then entire memory of that game that's, is playing it with you on my couch. We, yeah, actually, we did. We totally did. And that's actually, now that you say that, that is my memory of that game, too. <laughs> I don't know if I ever did I never play played it. Alone. I haven't played it. Dude, dude. All right. Yeah. Listener, check that's back what in we'll May. Do. We are going to we are gonna co-op that game because we could totally... Oh. I mean, check back, check back more frequently than in May. <laughs> Other stuff will happen until then, but in May, you will be able to, and we'll we'll do something like we'll stream oh, that God, or something. Yes. We will, yes. we will make an. Event I will try to come that. to MartinCon like as early as possible so we can get that out of the way. Oh, that'll right. be cool. so good. All right, now we're good. Great, fantastic. Well, I'm glad that we did our pre-show planning meeting on on the air. But hey, you were all in on it. <laughs> anyway. That is what that is what I am excited about. So that email went out. That is that is started to be planning and uh, cool. Yeah, that's gonna. In be the great. meantime, you and I are both excited about awesome games done quick. It is a week long video game speedrun marathon. We we talk about it twice a year. We talk about it all the time. If you've ever heard this podcast before, you're a long time listener. You've heard us, so we won't belabor it too much. But it is a week long speedrun marathon benefiting the Prevent Cancer Foundation this year. In the past, they've also benefited Doctors Without Borders. Basically, you watch. I yeah, think it, it just alternates. It alternates. So in so Summer Games Done Quick, I believe, is Doctors Without Borders, and then the Awesome Games Done Quick I thought Quick they were both cancer, Doctors Without Borders foundation. for a couple of years, but I don't... Maybe. Anyway, it, it, I don't know. It's to a good Either cause, way, it's right. to a good cause. Um, I've already donated like 60 or 70 bucks, uh, and if you donate during different runs, you'll get incentive bonuses. Like, if you donate during the Zelda run, then you'll be entered to win like a Legend of Zelda poster or something. So, um... I've also uh, created the donation incentive for Final Fantasy IV to name Edward Ripple after a cryptocurrency for nerds out there. <laughs> um, sure. I was going to say Bitcoin, but but it, it could only be six characters. That's too, that's too yeah, on the well, nose Yeah, it had to be six characters. Well. So it was either Ripple or Monero. So I went with Ripple because no one knows what Monero is. But anyway... Point being, you should check it out at Twitch TV slash uh, Games Done Quick. 
there are usually 100 to 150,000 people watching, and the runs have been phenomenal this year. Extra shout out to the Metal Gear Solid block and the Mega Man X speed run race, where two runners finished the game. It's like a 31 minute run. They finished within six seconds of each other to give you an idea of how precise these guys are. And then you said you saw something crazy on, on there too. Yeah, I was going to ask you before before you move on to me, what was your favorite run that you've watched oh so far? Metroid was really good. Metroid was a phenomenal run. Like like the, the original, original Metroid? Cuz I didn't Yeah, the original I Metroid I watched today and that was pretty good. I like I tend to like the runs where they break the game pretty significantly. So, okay. I'm actually going to open my calendar to remember cuz I I put my favorite runs on the calendar. The Castlevania Symphony of the Night run was was probably my favorite because Castlevania Symphony of the Night, as we've said, is one of my favorite games ever. Sure. Yeah, and that's super interesting because I I don't like the... Okay, it's not that I don't like them, but I'm less impressed by the runs that break the game. And I'm far more impressed by the runs that are technically difficult. So where there's like pixel-perfect jumps and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff... Those are the runs that I am really impressed by. So, uh, the but my favorite run so far was last night. I got into bed at about ten o'clock, and I turned on AGDQ, and they were they were basically just starting Resident Evil Seven, of which I've played the first, basically kind of like the first act of that over at a buddy's house. So I kind of knew a little bit about the game, and they were doing a like a there's a couple difficulty levels. They were doing the highest level difficulty which is like super hard. Apparently it changes item locations. Sometimes it randomly spawns stuff in the game. And the run was, it was like an edge of your seat run. And the reason was because you, there's like a limited number of saves on super hard mode in that game. And so had the runner died, which he was on like the brink of death multiple times. Had he died, he would have lost 30 plus minutes of the run no. and, had to, and had to quit. And he was on, like, the brink. We're talking one hit from death multiple times. And he's he was a super charismatic, just a really great runner as well, which I, I love this event. Sometimes the runners have less than yeah. ideal stage presence. He, his, his is very good, was very good. And he was very interactive with the audience and very interactive with the viewers nice. that were watching. So it... And it just makes it makes it a lot better when when the run when the runner is also very charismatic. So it was just it was awesome. It was one of my favorite speedruns that I have ever seen because it was actually it was tense for me as the viewer of wow. the run. So I would check it out if I were you. I really would. I I mean I'm not just you don't have to be a Resident Evil fan to like it. It was nice. super great. Nice. Um. Yeah. I I may do that, and I I also want to check out the Risk of Rain run, which was at three a.m. It's only like fifteen minutes. That that's because it was an incentive. They weren't. I don't even think they were anticipating doing that, but they hit the yeah. Incentive they hit the incentive goal for, goal for and that was on that was on male yeah, difficulty. Was. I think they also hit the incentive goal for Superman sixty four. I'm consider the most I'm looking forward to is there's a Mega Man one through three relay race on Friday. That I should be able That's to see cool. a lot of. Mega Man One is extraordinarily broken. 
Oh, it's you can like press select from the start screen and just move through the entire game. I feel like it does some it really weird wild. stuff. I love watching Mega Man when it's speedrun, and I'm not even sure what the tricks are in Mega Man's two and three, but I'm quite excited about them. So those those should be good. And you're right, the, some of the commentators are just are just so good. So uh, yeah, awesome games done quick. Support a good cause. And then also subscribe to Game Life Balance on Twitch TV so you can watch watch our, our clips. You can see all the past clips that we've done, and I'm going to put together some highlights of the past videos. So if you don't want to watch an hour of us playing, you can see some of the funny moments. But that's that's our, sure. that's our Twitch diet right now. And, um, yeah, with... Cool. You're ready to, uh, ready to figure out what game we're going to do. Now, keep in mind, listener, we're doing Super Mario RPG yeah. next time. So that will... That will be in two weeks, and then the game we are going to be—we're basically gonna—we're basically pulling games each week that are going to be done a month from now. Two, two, yeah. two games. Also, from apo- now. Uh, quick Just apology to, to uh, Ryan Dombrowski, Doombrowski, our our good friend on on Twitter. He was actually going to review Contra with us tonight, but we were we were originally going to record last night, and I. I kind of totally screwed up the scheduling, so that was my bad. We will have you on for a future episode, we hope, uh, Ryan, um, and you're a cool guy. He's been on our show before. He's really awesome. Um, he did the Doom Ninja podcast for yep. a while on the Gunna Geek Network. Uh, he's the man. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. We got the five options. So, for four weeks from now, on first week, first uh, episode in February, we will either review Super Metroid, Super Punch Out, Donkey Kong Country, F Zero, or Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island. Now, keep in mind, I forgot to reiterate this each time that we've done this, but I, I want to do it now. The goal for us in these games is always to see credits. It is always to mm-hmm. get to the end of the game. It's not necessarily to com- to play every level of a game. So, Donkey Kong Country, for instance has a lot of optional stages that maybe we don't want to do or don't have to do. The point of the point for us is to see the credits of the game. However, I am planning on beating Qlex. Yeah, good luck. I, I haven't done that <laughs> since maybe I think I've maybe done that one time in, in the entire time of me trying to play Super Mario RPG. Okay. So good luck. It's the with optional that. boss in Mario RPG. Anyway, so do you how are we gonna do this? Five sided die? Six sided die. Yeah, I'll just get out my five-sided... No, you do a six-sided die, and you omit a number. All right, so if it's one, it'll be Super Metroid. If it's two, it'll be Super Punch-Out. If it's three, it'll be Donkey Kong Country. If it's four, it'll be F-Zero. And if it's five, it'll be Yoshi's Island. And if it's six, we'll re-roll. Okay, sounds good. I'll do the uh, my camera trick, which when I say camera trick, I literally just mean yeah, move my camera. Good trick. So that it's I should get a uh, die next time. I think we're, yeah, no, we're yep, good, all right? right? That's... I don't think I, I don't think I can get this much closer. Go. I see. There. I see the five, but you haven't rolled it yet. You're right. I haven't. Okay. Here, we're, we're doing, doing it. it live. It is five. It is Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island. I am pumped. I am pumped. I have been wanting and waiting to play this game since I got the SNES Classic. That is super exciting for me. Cool. I just tweeted at the real Ponks on Twitter. Suggested that. That's our good friend Brad, who reviewed Final Fantasy XIV online with us. I have not played Final Fantasy XIV in a while. I should probably cancel my subscription because I don't have time for that. I did that. Yeah. Canceled my prescription. Your prescription? Sub- prescription. Mm, Subscription. Yeah, that's far- right. pharmacist. Cool. Time. Well, thanks for the suggestion. We are part of the Gunna Geek Podcast Network with a number of other geeky podcasts. You should check out those as well. There are other podcasts such as Gallifrey Public Radio, the Doctor Who podcast. And on episode 267, they 
performed the classic rewatch of The Green Death. This week they bid a bond they bid a fond farewell to Joe Grant as she parts company with the third doctor in season 10's The Green Death. Joined once again by Don Cleese of Acorn Media, they look at this emotionally charged and ecologically relevant story. So relevant. Third Doctor? God, that's got to be from the 60s at the latest. I don't know anything about Doctor Who. And at Just One More Fix, episode 67, looking forward to 2018, James and Lacey look at the coming RPGs and plans for 2018, what games they want to run and wrap up, starting an actual play, and where the podcast is headed this year. So check out Just One More Fix. Sounds like now's a good time to get into that podcast on the Guinea Geek Network as they are kicking off 2018 with a little preview of what's to come i guess uh so uh yeah we're constantly adding shows to the network there's lots pop x cast pop culture cosmos digital soup magic Zuby, starling tribune in defense of operation pug super geeky Playdate, all things go to nerdy legends of shield i mean there, there's a ton so uh they are all well produced hobby podcasts like ours and uh, you can find those at guinea and i would like to say thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on wgnradio.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Shout out to the blokes in Australia as well. Blokes. They're blokes. (laughs) 